right, you ready to get into the word today? All right, let's start with Luke chapter 2. I'm not going to go long tonight because uh, we've already had a lot happening here tonight and everybody's already probably full just from the singing and the blessing that we've already had. But just to give you a word and uh, just I think that it's a perfect word for this season season, uh, and the word is joy. Amen. Because Amen. we're going to talk about joy tonight. And uh, we're going to start with Luke chapter 2 and look at verse 8. Of course, this is the Christmas, uh, what we call the Christmas scripture passages. But it's good for any time of year, right, too. <laughs> we need to remember that. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 8. And we see here, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, that's a pretty nice announcement, isn't it? Something that's going to bring you great joy, not just joy, but great joy. And it's for all people, not just the special ones that God really likes, you know, his favorite or his pets, as we used to say. It's not for, you know, it's not for a select. It's for all people. Amen. Great joy for all people. And then, of course, we go, we know that it's uh, Christ's birth, as we can continue to read. But these angels knew that this was good news. The word tidings means, uh, in the Greek, means to announce good news, to declare the word, to preach the gospel. So these were words of encouragement and hope and love. It didn't say here, well, I've got some good news and some bad news. Because sometimes in religion, you get some really bad news, you know. And uh, he didn't say that. Which, which, you know, you hear people say, which one do you want to hear first, the good news or the bad news? And, and this was just great news. Amen? That brings great joy. Hallelujah. Some people cannot imagine how that could be. You know, I, I've taught the Word for years, almost 40 years, and I've heard people in my congregations say, well, when are you going to get around to, you know, the the wrath of, and the sin? And, and I'm thinking, well, we've been redeemed from that. Why would we get around to that? Jesus already got around to that. Amen. Took care of that. And now there's a good news of the gospel. Praise God. There's not any bad news. It's just all good. Amen. And I'm telling you, Jesus saves. Praise God. That's the good news. That's what he came to the earth to do. He came to deliver us from the grasp of the enemy, and he has set us free. Now, that is great news, isn't it? Amen. And so, uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about some of these Christmas songs that we sing, and and one of them, you probably know uh, this one, is God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. It was written in the 15th century, but it was published in 1833. I mean, it's still really old. It's an old song, isn't it? A lot of these are. Um, and it says that his birth, you know, he came to save us from Satan's power. Yeah. 
Now that's good news. Amen. And, and really, that's amazing that we have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, out of one realm, we used to sing a song, out of one realm into another. We have been put into an amazing kingdom. You know, people think, oh, y'all live near Orlando and that's the magic kingdom. And, and it is. It's wonderful. I love Disney World, you know. But I'm telling you, there's a kingdom that's higher, that's better, that's more excellent, that's more powerful, and it has a lot of joy. Amen? This kingdom of God is full of joy. And really, if we're full of Christ, which we should be, because he lives in us, we should be full to overflowing, we should be the most joyful people on the earth. Amen? And I believe we are. I believe, you know, we're shining in the darkness. Do people look at you funny sometimes, like you're smiling and they're looking at you like, what do you got to smile about? <laughs> you know, I get those kind of looks sometimes when I get tickled about things or I'm laughing and people are looking at me like, what? We don't have anything to laugh about, you know? And I'm thinking, well, you know, we got Jesus. Amen. How can you possibly be sad, down and out and struggling when you have Jesus in your life? Now, I'm telling you, I've been through some things. I know how life is, and I know how the devil can do, and I know, I understand all that stuff. Uh, personally, you know, um, I don't understand everything, but I do know that there's been a few trials, <laughs> tribulations, etc., in my life. But I'm telling you, if you learn habitually to live in this joy, it will get, it will carry you through all that mess. Amen. Because we live in a fallen world and we're going to be dealing with the God, little g, of this world. And the Bible says what he wants to do. You know, he wants to uh, to destroy. He wants to kill. He wants to steal our lives. And so, uh, you know, we're not ignorant of that. But the joy of the Lord is our strength to make it through. And we will go through. I'm telling you, uh, if you don't let him steal your joy then he can't get you. Amen. <laughs> he can't get you. And so it's a wonderful thing just to learn to live out of your joyful heart. Joy is already there. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's in your heart. Amen. Love, joy, and peace. All those nine uh, fruit of the Spirit are there. They're fruits of the Spirit of God that we're full of. So we can um, rely on that. And, and so, well, Scarlett, how do you get happy in the midst of things? Um, well, you know, what, when you're low on fuel in your car, where do you go? The gas station? You refuel. When you're low on joy, you rejoice. Amen? Yes. You refuel when you're low on fuel. You rejoice when you're low on joy. And I'm telling you, sometimes your body doesn't want to do it. Your mind doesn't want to do it. Your mouth doesn't want to sing. <laughs> you don't even want to hear the praises of God sometimes. Have you ever been there? Yes. I remember on a trip to Israel one time, I was pregnant with our first child, and I was thinking, oh, I don't feel good. And I, I think I've told you all this before, but it just bears repeating, because sometimes you can feel so down and out, like you don't want to even hear a praise song. Now, I'm the, the minister. I'm the minister on the bus. And I'm the bus captain that's supposed to be so joyful, right? And I'm pregnant and tired, and they had this fish in the breakfast buffet that, 
I'm thinking, oh Lord, so I'm gagging and oh, it's horrible. And I, I get on the and I get on the bus and you know, and one some guy in the back, way back, starts singing, "This is the day," and I'm going. Don't make me sing. I don't want to sing, you know. But as bus captain, you have to join in, you know. And I'm telling you, like the third, this is the day I started really getting happy. I started really feeling good. I mean, I I was revived in that song. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you can jump over there in that joy, out of whatever is trying to get you down, and I, and I know that that's just a simple illustration because I know life can be hit you a lot harder with a lot worse things than morning sickness. But I'm telling you, it got me into a place that I thought this is real, Amen. This is if you can rejoice, it will take you and, and tra- you will transcend to another place in God in His presence, Amen. Yes. So I highly recommend it. That's what I'm saying. Refuel and remember when you, you know, rejoice. Praise God. So the Bible continually says that. In fact, even in the New Testament, Philippians has the word joy and rejoice 16 times in one book. And it's a little book. Philippians is not that big of a book, but it talks about uh, rejoicing. Let's read just a couple of scriptures here. So I want you to see it with your with your own eyes, Philippians 4, 4, Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Yeah. The Amplified says, Delight, gladden yourselves in Him. Amen. Because uh, when, you, when you gladden yourself in Him, it ministers to your entire physical body. It ministers to your mind, to your soul, to your emotions. And of course, it builds up your spirit. So you're a three-part being, and when you rejoice, it ministers to your whole being. It will affect you. You know, the Bible says that sadness and and depression and all that will lead to a broken spirit. But a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So it, it actually acts like a medicine to your physical body. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yes, and, and, you know, as a counselor, I know how, how horrible stress is for you. I mean, it can tax your heart, you know, it affects your blood pressure. It affects uh, your, your, uh, uh, all your systems, your immune system. Yeah. And, and, and uh, to relieve that pressure and that stress, which rejoicing does that, it's the anointing. God gets involved in it. And the anointing will remove the burden off of you. It destroys the yoke of bondage. And before you know it, you're thinking, you know what? God can take care of this situation. Amen? God is big enough, great enough, mighty enough to do it. I can't, but He can. So when you're worshiping like that, when you're rejoicing like that, you're magnifying God. And when you magnify, like a magnifying glass makes it bigger, right? Greater, he already is. But in your mind, in your eyes, sometimes God gives this little, and the problem is like that big. But when you get excited about God and really start worshiping and, and you know, the Bible talks about dancing before the Lord. Amen? And you don't have to be in church to do that. You can just dance right in your living room. Amen? In your front yard, praising God. 
How, and, and lifting your hands up to the Lord. The Bible says that too. And uh, shouting unto God with the voice of triumph. We said that earlier. But I'm telling you, when you get in that, you start remembering how little bitty the problem is and how huge our God is. Hallelujah. Even people, you know, people can seem so huge in our lives at times. They just, we, we, you know, we think they're so big, bad, and ugly. And some of them seem to be that way, you know. But I'm telling you, God's bigger than that person. Amen? He's bigger than a, an than a ugly boss or than a bad employee or a horrible mother-in-law. God's bigger than all that. Amen? And, and sometimes, you know, the Bible says, lift up your heart with your hands. I'll just put like that little person in my hand and say, here you go, Lord. You're bigger than them. Deal with them. Amen. And, and that's about how small they are in his eyes, but he loves them and he wants to help them. Amen. So we get rid of it through prayer and rejoicing and thanksgiving. Uh, let's look at first Corinthians, first Thessalonians 5.16. Are you still with me? I'm not going much longer. Five, First Thessalonians five sixteen, and again it just says, "Rejoice evermore, rejoice evermore." A whole verse right there. You can tell somebody, "I I memorized a verse of scripture last night." <laughs> Amen. Rejoice evermore, evermore. Praise God. Just like Jesus wept, the smallest scripture in the Bible. Rejoice evermore. Um, in the Amplified, it says, be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad hearted continually, always be glad hearted. Hallelujah. I think it's just so very powerful, probably more so than we'll ever know. Such a simple principle, but so very powerful. Amen. And when do we rejoice? Well, let's look at two scriptures, Matthew chapter 5. These are just two situations where the Lord tells you to rejoice. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 11. And believe it or not, it's not always when everything's going your way. <laughs> when Mr. Bluebird's on your shoulder, that's not all the, the only time we rejoice. Matthew chapter 5 verse 11. Blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you and shall, now this is Jesus talking, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly sad. No. No. (laughs) It says rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. When people are talking, has anybody ever talked ugly about you? <laughs> has anybody falsely accused you of things? Yes. And Jesus, you know, and and you know, we can get down and out about that kind of thing. Well, they're they're wrong. I didn't do that. Trying to take up for ourselves, trying to be justified and and uh, uh, testify for ourselves that we've never done anything like that. And, why are they talking so ugly about me? Reviling. Reviling is, very, is a very strong word. It means criticizing in an abusive or angrily insulting manner. So that's pretty strong opposition, you know, when they're reviling. Um, but you're supposed to what? 
Rejoice. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! All right. Praise God. Exceedingly glad. Isn't that interesting how God just doesn't think like men think? I mean, when you see, you know, if you see me one day and I'm just running all over the church and bless God, hallelujah, you should say, well, Scarlett's going through some stuff. I can tell she's really, people are really reviling her, right? That's the truth. That's the way God wants it to be. Instead of down and out and telling everybody your problems and going on and on and on for years about the horrible stuff that people have done to you. We've all been done wrong. We could sing that song, right? The done wrong song. Somebody wrong song. But God's saying, nope, that's not the song I want you to sing. Amen? He wants you to sing the glad and happy song and the happy dance song. And I'm telling you, this kind of thing will keep you healthy. It will keep you healthy. Amen? Some of the happiest people I know are some of the healthiest. In every way, physically, mentally, every way. Praise God. So, And Jesus knows that. That's why he said, he's not just trying to be mean to you and say, well, I know you're going through it, but you've got to rejoice. He's not saying that. He's saying this is what's going to help you. Amen? You cannot control what other people are saying or thinking about you. We'll never be able to control that. Don't you wish you could? But you can't. <laughs> because they're going to think and say whatever they want to think and say, no matter what is going on. Lester Summerall told us one time, he said, don't live your life in the mind of other people. Don't live your life in the mind of other people. They're going to think and say what they want to. But our, our, our um, job, our work with God is to be glad in Him. Amen. To rejoice and to remind ourselves, hey, we've got a Savior who loves us. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't have to change because he's perfect. And he's loved me when I was yet a sinner. He died for me. And now that I'm living for him and that I love him and that I'm born again, how much more love? I don't know. Maybe he loves everybody the same. But I'm telling you, when when your child is is embracing you and kissing all over you and loving you, don't you just warm up to him? Amen? And And we can do that with God. We can praise him. And First uh, Peter 4 says, praise him in the fiery trial. So that's the second, when you're persecuted or when you're in a fiery trial. Now that would be a bad place, wouldn't it? We think of uh, the three Hebrew children in the midst of the, the fire there. Uh, that's, that's a bad spot. But he can deliver them. He did deliver them. He's deliver us too. So First Peter 4, 12 and 13 talks about rejoicing. In the midst of a fiery trial. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's when we need to do it. All the time. Really, all the time. Praising the Lord. And then um, if you need some praise words or from praise songs, Psalm uh, 50, hallelujah, talks about how to praise Him. Amen. So we'll turn there and then we'll be dismissed. Psalm 150. Do you remember Psalm 150? Yes. So good, isn't it? Hallelujah. And, and really, Psalm 149, all the Psalms are just full of worship and praise. 
and how to to get into the presence of God by uh, the words of your mouth. Look at Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now, this is something that the Lord helped me with one time when I was going through horrible, horrible time. Is he said, Scarlet, praise me according to my excellent greatness, which means that doesn't ever change. So I can always praise him for that. Where circumstances, you know, one day you're down and out, the next day you might be a little happier, but then you even go lower the next day, you know, up and down. Things change. Life changes. People change. They let you down. They betray you. They steal from you. They hate you. They, you know what I'm saying? Y'all have been around the block a couple of times. You might have been to the same little rodeo I've been to. And it's not fun. But here he says, you can praise me all the time because you're praising me according to my Excellent greatness, which doesn't change no matter what you're going through. He's he's excellent and he's great every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so you praise me according to that, not according to how you feel, not according to who's hating you, talking about you, no, you know, not not according to any fiery trial that you're going through. Your children are, are going crazy or you're. Your grandchildren are going crazy or whoever, you know, you name it. The devil hates people, so he's going to go after people. You praise him according to his excellent greatness. And then how do you praise him? Well, the sound of a trumpet, psaltery, harp, dance, amen, timbrel and dance, stringed instruments. Praise God for our pastor that can play all these stringed instruments and organs. Don't you love it? But we can shout with all these instruments. Amen. If you can't play in a piano or organ, get you some cymbals. <laughs> Bong. <laughs> That's more my style. <laughs> Not a lot of gifted or talent, but ding. <laughs> yeah, David, David said, don't bring them to the service. You'll have to do, <laughs> you have to do that at home. <laughs> but you can do that. Anybody can do that. It's wonderful. God doesn't leave anybody out. <laughs> Amen. We can all do that. Praise him with the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise the Lord. He is worthy. Amen. Well, let's stand up, Pastor. Will you sing something or play something? Oh, good. Always. Let's sing from First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Amen? It's an oldie, but healing school. <laughs> Good. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Praise the Lord. Amen. First Thessalonians. Rejoice evermore, for this is the will of God. Rejoice evermore. For this is will of God, rejoice evermore. For this is will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Pray without ceasing, for this is will of God. Pray without ceasing, for this is will of God. Pray without ceasing, for this is will of God. In Christ Jesus 
just concerning you. In everything give thanks, for this is will of God. In everything give thanks, for this is will of God. In everything give thanks, for this is will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Yes. Rejoice evermore, for this is will of God. Rejoice Are you happy? <laughs> Good. Amen. We're so happy. Thank you for coming tonight. And we're so blessed that you come. Remember this weekend, if you're one, a lady here and you'd like to come to the, the Christmas tea, it starts at 930 till about 130. We're going to have a great seminar and then also um, uh, wonderful lunch. And then Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>